Thank you for joining us on the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org. I'm joined here on stage this morning by Boaz and Whitney Edmondson, who wrote that letter, and they are our pastors of Salem Signing Service, our S3 congregation to our deaf and hard of hearing people in our church and in our city. And you guys have been leading that church for almost a year now, which is crazy. And you've been doing an incredible job. They've been taking advantage of this current season to disciple their people well. And this morning, we have the opportunity to actually hear from Boaz. Boaz is going to bring us the sermon, and uh, Whitney's going to be bringing us the benediction later today. But would you join me in praying for them this morning? Jesus, I thank you for this couple. I thank you for their hearts of ministry. I thank you for the way that you have formed them and shaped them, and I bless them now in Jesus' name. I pray that you would give Boaz just a peace as he brings your word, as he makes it come alive to us, that the applications he give us would just come alive. Lord, I thank you for this couple. Continue to bless them. Continue to use their ministry here in Salem and even beyond. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow, I'm thrilled to be here with you this morning, sharing God's word with you. We're still in this series, God on the Move. And just want to say that God often moves by in using compassionate second chances. And to give a metaphor, we think of our life as being a story that's written down. And in our stories, God wants to be our editor, but often we decide we want to take over those editing duties ourselves. We want to know what's going to happen next. We want to be in control. But God, as our editor, is always willing to give us a second chance. For my story, my wife's story, my wife often says that God rebels against our rebellion. So God rebels against our rebellion. Hmm. So let me ask you this. Have you ever felt a nudge from God that you've ignored? Maybe you're a middle school student. And you've seen, you know, a particular kid in class who is always on their own. Nobody ever talks to them. And you felt that nudge from God that maybe you should go up and start a conversation, but you didn't do that. And then the next day, you felt that nudge again. Or maybe you're a high school student. And you like playing pickup basketball. And before a basketball game always starts, you have to pick the teams. The captains will choose kids one by one, and maybe there's this one kid who's always last, who never gets picked. And you've had that nudge that maybe you should bring that kid onto your team, bring them into the mix. But you have doubts because they're not very good maybe, and you're worried about losing, and you're thinking about winning, but you felt that nudge. And then the next time you play, you feel that nudge again. Or maybe you've got a great job and you've felt God nudge you in the direction of maybe 
going into RTI, going into ministry. But that would mean giving up a, a great job that you've had, that you've established to, to do something like that. And so you choose not to act on that nudge at this time. But God nudges you again, saying RTI is the thing to do. I think quite often we, we feel God's nudge to go do something that he wants us to do, to go to a place that he wants, wants us to go to, but we run in the opposite direction. For, for our story, about five years ago, uh, we ignored one of God's nudges. At that time, Whitney and I, uh, we were renting an apartment up in Portland, and the lease was about up. And so we were trying to decide where we were going to live next, where we rent was getting really expensive and out of control. And at that time, we'd um, been part of the community up in Vancouver, Washington, uh, at a deaf church there. And we were working with middle school and high school kids up there. So we were very involved with the Vancouver community. And it made sense to move up to Vancouver. Um, or we could look around Portland to find rent that was more affordable. Uh, and so this was a decision we, we really wrestled with. And Whitney told me that she felt called to go to Salem, which was not even on my radar. Uh, there was no deaf church at that time in Salem. We only had one or two friends down there in Salem. But uh, God was nudging Whitney. Uh, we didn't completely understand it, but she felt called. Salem was, was in, the, in the mix. We wrote out a list of pros and cons for where to move, and um, I, because I always like making a, a, the right decision, a reasoned decision, so we, we wrote out all the pros and cons, and Vancouver won. It, it was actually an easy choice over Salem because we didn't have uh, much in the way of pros for moving to Salem, so we moved up to Vancouver. We got a nice place, uh, started unpacking, started decorating the apartment, getting settled. And then a month later, we moved to Salem anyways. The Washington School for the Deaf uh, had some job opportunities that I was looking at. I applied to work up there. The Oregon School for the Deaf here only had one job opportunity that I did apply for. Uh, WSD, Washington School for the Deaf, never even got back to me. I didn't hear from them about these job leads, but OSD, Oregon School for the Deaf, did invite me down for an interview. So obviously God was opening doors for us in that way. And so we ended up moving to Salem. And so this new apartment that we were in in Vancouver, we were only there for, for a month and we, we had to break the lease to be able to come down to Salem. And uh, got a job at OSD and quickly got promoted into the position of Dean of Student Life at OSD. And then eventually, Whitney and I became co-pastors here at Salem Alliance for S3. So, I mean, looking back on that, I'm, I'm glad God gave us a second chance. When, when God wants something to happen, he finds a way, he makes a way. And don't get me wrong, this is not a sermon about how we should listen to our wives, uh, but we, we probably should. <laughs> but, 
But today we're going to talk about a prophet who also ignored God's nudge, and I'm talking about Jonah. And it's a well-known story. Many of us know that, know the story of Jonah well. Um, often it's, we talk about it as a story of obedience and disobedience, but if we look a little clo more closely at it, we can see that it's a story of compassion too. So Jonah wa God wanted Jonah to go to the city of Nineveh and deliver a message for him there. So if we look at Jonah 1, verse 1, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because of its wickedness. Because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. So instead of Jonah obeying God, he rebelled against God. He ran in the opposite direction. Tarshish was about as far away from Nineveh as you could get in the opposite direction. So he, he turned exactly around and, and headed as far as he could, kind of like Whitney and I did. Instead of going to Salem like we were feeling called to, we, we went up to Vancouver instead. And then God caused a storm uh, at sea while Jonah was on the ship headed for Tarshish. And the sailors were scared, they were confused, they couldn't figure out what was going on, why the storm was happening. And if we look at Jonah 1.7, the sailors are talking and they decide to throw lots, cast lots, to figure out why this storm is happening. So they cast the lots and the lots fall to Jonah. So the sailors ask him, what can we do to calm the seas? What, what can we do for God to, to get out of this mess? And Jonah tells them that they have to throw him into the water. The sailors don't like that idea, so they try even harder to row back to shore, which doesn't work. The storm is too powerful, and there's no way they can save themselves, so they throw Jonah overboard. And then God has a whale swallow Jonah out of the sea. So Jonah ignored that nudge from God like I ignored God's nudge. And I would ask you, are there any nudges that you have ignored? But as we're going to see, God moves through compassionate second chances, and he gives Jonah a second chance. And we'll get into that after this word from our friend Bro Montana. <laughs> What is up? 
It is Brizzy Montizzy in the hizzy, single and ready to flamingo. And yes, we got another weekly challenge for you. Last week, we wanted you to make like Kevin Bacon and kick off your Sunday shoes. And you sent in that sick footage to us and we compiled it. Check it out. some of the best dancing that I have seen in the past hour. Thank you to everybody who sent in your footage and a special shout out to Eden and Elijah McKenzie for getting a box of 90 fruit snacks this week. Congrats. We have one final week of challenges, which means this is your last shot to turn in the footage and get 90 fruit snacks. So what's the challenge? It's the Bro Montana challenge. Do we want you to dress up like Bro Montana, act like me? You're dang right. So go ahead and chug a Red Bull, flip your hat on backwards and start making up nonsense as catchphrases. Do you need some examples? Check this out. I would make like Robert Frost and take the bro less travel. Woo-wee! That's some sweet gravy. Are kids really small or just far away? Bye, Felicia. You must be BMW because bro Montana's Audi. Man, that clip is so sweet. I'd eat that up a flip flop. Make sure to send in your footage this week because we're not just giving away 90 fruit snacks. We're also giving away a family set of bro Montana snapbacks. And that's endorsed by me, Brosive Tiberius Montana. Check it out. This thing is sweet. And all you have to do is send in your footage. Well, that's it for bro Montana. Hasta la ya. Not now, sweetie. <laughs> Not now. All right. I, th I think that's why, guys, we should be listening to our wives. So how often 
do we get those nudges from God? Wanting us to go in one direction, but then we end up going in the other, other direction. Uh, we ignore his nudges repeatedly. But God still moves through compassionate second chances. So back to the story, back to Jonah and the whale being in the belly of the big fish. Uh, God could have ended the story right there. Uh, he could have sent Jonah back home and told Jonah he was done with him. You're not to, he could have been angry at Jonah. He could have uh, lost patience with Jonah. But that's not what happened. We see that God was full of compassion. So, what did happen? Well, we know how the story goes. In Jonah chapter 2, verse 10, the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, the great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. Okay, so try, try to picture then being inside a whale for three days. The stench is probably horrible. It's dark. You can't see anything. It's slimy. Um, you don't always get that impression in the children's book about this story. That doesn't always come through. It's, it's, probably, the, it's probably claustrophobic, right? It's a tight tight area, it's not like Jonah's stretching out and going for walks inside the, the fish, but then the whale spits him up on dry land. And usually the next picture that we see in those children's books are a nice clean Jonah just trotting along. But I'm thinking about what whales eat, krill and, and all that sort of stuff, and then spitting Jonah out with all the stomach acid and the bile, and he's, he he's certainly stinks as he's walking towards Nineveh, and he's a mess, and or God tells him to go to Nineveh, and it's, it's a long ways away, no cars, probably no showers nearby, so I don't know, just think about that a little bit. So he's sent to Nineveh, and he, Jonah doesn't like the Ninevites. He doesn't think they deserve a second chance. But God still uses Jonah as his messenger to give the city a second chance to repent. And so Jonah does go to the great city, he does give them the message from God, and they do repent. So if you see in verse, in chapter 3, verse 10, then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he'd said he would bring upon them, and he didn't do it. So God gave Nineveh a second chance. And this, the city had done some really horrible things. And do you notice this? That God gave Jonah a second chance, 
gave, God, gave Jonah a compassionate second chance so that Jonah could give Nineveh a compassionate second chance. God is definitely on the move here. He gives Jonah that second chance because he wants to give the Ninevites a second chance. He, he is a God on the move full of compassion. He moves with compassion because, and so I love that story. I love the, it, that we accept that story of his power and his movement. Um, he doesn't reject us. He doesn't ever give up on us. And he is the editor. He does want to give us second chances and third chances and seven times 77 chances. So I want to say that again. He is a God on the move. And he is full of compassion as he moves. He embraces our story and helps us strengthen areas where we're weak. And he never throws us out or gives up on us. He's an editor and God of second chances. And third and fourth and seven times 77. So what does that mean for us? Well, first of all, uh, I want to ask, do you believe deep down, deep inside, that God is uh, compassionate with his second chances? Maybe he's already given you, you a second chance, and you've still ignored that nudge. And you might think because you ignored him that he's angry with you, and you've closed him off and gone in the other direction. Well, no, I want, to let, I want to tell you that he's waiting for you. He, he's waiting to give you that compassionate second chance. He wants to do that. He wants to be your editor. Your life story isn't set. God's, God wants to meet you and wants to work on that and wants to show you the way. So give yourself a chance to have that encounter, to be in his presence so that, he, so that you can experience that second chance. And then secondly, God gave Jonah a compassionate second chance. And then he expected Jonah to do the same. God expected Jonah, wanted Jonah to give other people, the Ninevites in particular, a compassionate second chance. So if you follow Christ, I would encourage you to do the same thing. Believe that God gives you a compassionate second chance and that he wants us to do the same for others, to give the people around us a compassionate second chance. So if there's anybody in, so I would ask, is there anybody in your life that you think of that needs to be given that second chance? to see God's heart through you, through getting that compassionate second chance. I'd invite you to receive God's compassion and then to extend that to others. 
God is on the move. Thank you for joining us on the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. If you have a request that we could pray for, please email us at prayers at salemalliance.org. If you'd like more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org.